man, I wish people could see us like jamming out to the music ahead of time. I so do like it, that music. It, it, it's catchy. It's just we're in here snapping our fingers. Welcome to Spooled, everyone. The podcast from your favorite Northern Michigan fly shop, the Northern Angler. We're back. I finally wrangled the boss man himself back into the studio. Hey, we, I'm so happy to be back here, Matt. It's uh, it has been a while. That's we've been sure. busy. We've I all have, been busy. We have all been busy. You have been so busy with uh, wrapping up the fly tying stuff, and now spring is here, and uh, I've been on the water every day. So yeah, super excited for a spring is almost school. here. Yeah, and we've had a lot of people give us great feedback. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we appreciate the feedback. We're learning as we do this, um, but I think it's gone so. So far, so good. So far, and so we've good. had a bunch of requests because I teased it a few months ago, a Cuba trip report from Brian. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about Cuba and, uh, and all the fun you had down there and why you're excited to go back again. So that's that's what's happened. Um, no big announcements to start with. Um, pay attention to the events page if you get a chance check out our website at the northernangler.com there's going to be a ton of stuff going up very soon classes seminars clinics a ton of stuff so we are looking forward to a really fun spring and summer yeah we're gonna rock it out with some really cool education programs this summer i'm excited about so it's gonna be here before we know it so well let's uh let's jump in uh when when were you in cuba i'm trying to remember it's Spring's been a, a bit of a blur for it was both in, of us. At the, it was at the end of January. End of January. End of January. And, uh, you know, Cuba was, uh, it was quite the experience. And I know I know you were a little stressed out on the way. I mean, it was like, I mean, we're, we were dealing with COVID. You're dealing with international travel. There was a lot of hoops, if you will, to jump through, a lot of paperwork, but I think being stressed out before that trip is a, a gross understatement. Um, <laughs> with everything fair. that was going on, <laughs> you know, we had to fly through Toronto to get to where we were going. And, um, you know, so trying to get in and out of Canada with all the COVID restrictions and um, travel being what it was um, at the time, I think things have loosened up a little bit. Sure. I mean, uh, at that time, we were seeing a ton of flights getting canceled all over. It was and, very unnerving. Yeah. So would you say, you? I mean, my understanding after we, I mean, we talked a bunch afterwards. We just haven't had a chance to sit down and do this. But it w- maybe it wasn't all the restrictions, but the windows you had to get, like, testing within. Is that kind of? Absolutely. So, you know, like. Jumping through all the hoops to get, like, your PCR test 24 hours, 72 hours before you got there, um, positive, negative results, you know, hinging upon, you know, whether or not you're going to get in and out of Cuba um, made it really unnerving. But once once that ball got rolling, once we were in the air, once we were in Toronto, once we made it from Traverse City to Toronto, Toronto um, – was great. Everything was shut down then. Um, but the airline that we we flew from was this Sunwing. Um, as one of our customers, Tim Smith, referred to it as Bob's Cuban Air, um, <laughs> which it was a lot like Allegiant. You know, let's face it. Sure. Like it it's sure. a vacation place. Um, but what better airline to be on with a bunch of Canadians going on vacation? 
the friendliest people on the face of the earth are Canadian. They're so They are friendly. so nice. Well, and I remember you texting me when you got to the hotel in Toronto and you like you were like, "Holy cow. These people are awesome. They like they just made everything so easy for us." We had the best customer service um from the Canadian Airlines, from the hotel staff. I mean, granted, a round of six drinks was $268 (laughs) because everything was closed down. Wow, was that a sticker shock, right? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But um, anyway, you know, so we we flew, you know, from the United States to Toronto, um, and we stayed at the airport, so it was super easy. We had to get up the next morning and, um, you know, board our flight. There was another group going on... um, one of the live aboard ships and I knew some of the people on that. So we all got to visit and then we were able to compare notes afterward. So it was really fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it, you know, is once we left Toronto, it was super seamless. So we land in this tiny airport. I mean, it's tiny and we have, yeah, I was going to ask you how big is that? Bus, you I mean, know, is it walk on the tarmac tar- tiny? Yeah, okay. Yeah, walk yeah. on the tarmac. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, and, and where we, this Kyle Romano, where we flew into, it looks like it's going to be like the next Cancun. Huh. Um, yeah. Resorts, cranes, all this infrastructure being built, but literally at a standstill because of the restrictions right. um, imposed upon Cuba. And then the fact that, you know, Canada is like their number one, you know, supplier of tourists to Cuba. Sure. And with all the restrictions with COVID, Canada has upon right i'm sure the stream travel. of people is really people is, is really reduced and we to basically a had an 80 room resort to ourselves um yeah you, you were yeah. sending me pictures it was just like just you guys plush, in this big empty room <laughs> plush resort i mean we there were there were more staff waiting on us than there were people in the resort there was a a guy from germany and he had uh been to cuba before there was a, another guy from the uk simon Hello, my name is Simon. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't help but think of that Mike Myers skit from Saturday Night Live every time he'd say Simon. Anyway, it was, um, he had been, he goes like seven, eight times a year. Oh, um, really? Whoa. Cuba, and this was his favorite place to go. And so he he pr- was able to provide us with a lot of insight okay. on things. And there was another couple there fishing from the Netherlands. And they kind of kept to themselves. But, um, you know, for part of the week, we had a, a another Cuban family. Um, and they were super friendly. In fact, one of the guys, you know, he's like 22, 23. He stayed behind and partied with them uh, one of the days. And um, he's like, they were so fun. And the white sand beaches and stuff that, that we didn't get to see because we're, you know, we're there to fish. Right. Um, and, you know, it is very limited. It's protected fishing. So they don't commercially fish this. They don't net it. That's um, what makes it so special. You can't right? fish from shore. You know, it's really restricted. So you're you out. You can't on these, fish from shore. You're out really? on these flats, and there is no one around. You never see another boat that's not, you know, part of the lodge, and you hardly ever see that. So you know, I'm I'm not used to that when I've gone to Belize or Mexico or the Bahamas. You're always seeing other boats from other resorts. You know, like you're kind of fishing the same water throughout the week. We never fished the same spot twice. Okay. Um, so the the fishing was just absolutely magical. Uh, the bonefish were really big. Um, overall, like lots and lots of big bonefish. And they were um, 
absolutely ravenous. You could make a bad cast and they would move four to five feet to take your fly. It was magical. It was truly something that you you would dream about as any type of saltwater angler. And, sure. um, you know, Tim got his grand slam the second day. I was able to finally second get a grand day, slam. Man. And it was, we we would come back every day to the lodge and just share fishing story after fishing story. And I'm I'm not talking about a group of guys that have a lot of saltwater experience. In fact, Tim and I are the only ones that could double haul. Yeah. And um the and and had ever fished the salt before. So this was truly a magical place. And I would say it transformed me in in many, many ways. That's awesome. Um, and everybody that went on the trip, I would say, you know, age ranges from sixteen to eighty. And <laughs> it was truly it was magical. That's awesome. That's cool. So what did you take down with you? I mean, in terms of so gear, rods, reels, and You know, rods, reels, whatnot. lines. I took an 8, 9, and 10, and I took a couple backup rods in case people broke rods. And that did happen. Um, so, um, you know, as it does in the salt, take spares. Yep. Um, the only thing I didn't take that was on the list that I wish I would have would be a 10-weight intermediate. More for some of the, the deeper water tarpon. Okay. Um, and and I will do that when I go back. Did um, they have the the big monster tarpon there, or no, just not the this range time of, of year. So you know, when we go in in January, um, you know, it's not the big tarpon season. Okay. But I would say anywhere from ten to forty, fifty pounders. I mean, which that seems those okay. Those <laughs> are really fun. They're very manageable. Sometimes you get those big fish. You get the big jumps out of them. Um, they beat up your gear. They beat you up. You're done for the day after you land one of those. Sure. And so this was really, really, um, I, I can't say, I, I can't really describe how much fun it was and how lighthearted yeah. it was, truly. I mean, I mean, you've been on some trips where conditions are tough. Not everyone's catching fish. And, I mean, I have to imagine that's, that's tough to keep, some folks morale when you're around other people that are, that Absolutely. are finding success. I mean, right? gosh, I mean, we've been in, we've been in, I've been in trips where, you know, you have like one good day or a half a good day. Sure. You know, like gosh, when was that a few years ago into the Bahamas? And I think, you know, for the whole week we landed like six or eight fish. Sure. And, I remember you went down to New Orleans a few years ago and you had, you did that express trip. You know, yep. it was a long weekend. You had, what, a half a day of good fishing, and yeah. everything else was, like, you couldn't it's sight fish. Brutal. It was just yeah. too windy. It's just it was brutal. Just and that's the problem you run into with the salt. But I can see, even getting weathered out in this place, it was so lovely. We had um, two different pools, a hot tub, a sauna, massage rooms. I mean, this, this place was absolutely phenomenal. And the service and the friendliness of the people, I can't say enough great things about it. You know, the the food was, like, marginal. Um, and yeah, I've we talked food, about that. I've you heard know, the that's... food's great on these other trips, um, like the ones closer to Havana. And it could have just been, you know, the, the week that we were there or the fact that they can't get food there. You know, a lot of the people that work in this lodge, they have to ride a bus, you know, four to five hours. And they stay there for a few days, and then they have a few days off, and then they come back. So we're really out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I mean, what's the closest thing to you? It's nothing. Like four hours away. So there's nothing else out there. No. Wow. You know, like you would, we rode from the airport on a bus for 45 minutes, and we never passed another vehicle. 
Wow. That's we, awesome though. I mean, that's, really, that's such a, I mean, it's so hard to find anymore is that sense of isolation. It and is. Almost finding like paradise, you know. It's, it's like paradise, but then you look around you and you see all these massive condos being built. Uh, and so you know it's going to blow up because, sure. you know. It's a neat. It's only a matter of time. It's only yeah. a matter of time, and sure. and, but the the interesting thing, this is a sanctuary for fishing, so they don't allow more than like nine, eight or nine boats a okay. week, and that's it. So, um, they've they've really done a great job of protecting this resource, and I think they really appreciate the fact that they have this awesome resource. The guides were super. Incredible. They were very friendly. Um, and your typical day was, you know, you'd get up and we'd, we'd kind of congregate downstairs, have uh, Cuban coffee, which are just spectacular. And um, is it Cuban beans or is this Cuban a Cuban beans, style? Know, Cuban style, whatever it was. You know, they just, it's usually the bartender from the night before pouring us coffee. And, um, you know, they, I mean, they're there. This is this is yeah. their job, and um, then and we'd have like a chef prepared breakfast. So like they had this Japanese steakhouse style place, and we'd have eggs and and bacon. Basically, just get an omelet every morning. And they had all these wonderful pastries and lots of breads and things like that. Yep, um, fruits. Um, so the breakfast was really good. Like that's know, the thing. How can you mess? That's up something eggs? I know. Uh, that's something I've I remember very well about just Latin America in general, just loving the breakfast. There's always fresh fruit. Fresh there's fruit. always, I mean, just mm, yep. good stuff. I mean, usually there's really good pastries. I mean, the yeah. bakeries down there are great. Yeah. And then usually there's some cheese on stuff, which is always, <laughs> always cool. So. so the, you know, the breakfast was always great. And then, you know, they, they'd make your lunch. Um, and, you know, you'd be, you'd fish basically like 730 to about five. It was a long oh, so day. It's, it's, it's an really, early go. Yeah. How early is breakfast then typically? I think we started at six thirty. So we were wow. up at six. Um typically down, you know, jump in the shower. And then um so the the days are nice and long. We would you have to walk, I don't know, hundred and fifty yards down to the boat and you just kinda stroll down, your guides are there, all your equipment's already in your boat. Everything's there waiting for you. Um and and basically right off the dock, you can fish for tarpon every night, which we did. And we caught tarpon at night, and they're blowing up everywhere. Um, so that's really fun just to go down there and even watch other people fish or take a few sure. casts, you know, hook a tarpon and, and miss it and, you know, jump it off or whatever. I mean, it was just so much fun. You know, walk down there with a cocktail, come back, you know, watching the sunset. I mean, it was absolutely paradise you, again you guys had the place to yourself we so you didn't really ourselves. see anyone else on the beach you could get a massage like you could you know we'd we'd get in the sauna we'd have a hot tub everybody come back usually have a shower you know we'd chill out um and they'd have appetizers for us at the bar um and we would you know have dinner and then after dinner we played pool we danced um with the this you know lo- the Local family, they were trying to get us to dance. It was when determined that I'm not a good dancer, even <laughs> no matter how much alcohol I have. I just really must, I must be pretty bad. But I, it wasn't for lack of trying. But we had, we had a, a wonderful time. Um, you said they you know, put on a show? They, was that they would do skits. One of the guys. The staff, his name right? Was Happy, right? He was, sure. the, he was in charge of the spa area. And, uh, 
Happy kind of took a shine to to the group especially, and um, he he did a Freddie Mercury like imitation one night, and then one one of the other nights they did a karaoke thing, and TJ and Tim both are in band, so they blew us away with some great singing, um, and we all got involved. It was really really fun, but the staff they they enjoyed us, and I I think one of the nights uh, it was like the Thursday night that the hotel manager comes up, and he's like Brian, I have to leave. Um, you know, my shift is over for the week. Um, but I have to tell you, I don't know how to quite say this. So some of the staff could speak, um, English very well and some of them not so well. And he's like, I don't know quite how to say this, but your group is like a pack of wild children. So (laughs) right after that, we became like, you know, I was Peter Pan leading the lost boys. Right. And that's kind of what it turned into, you know, uh, you know, first start of the right, follow it till morning type thing. And we, we really embraced that. And we, we were, we were like a pack of wild children. That's um, awesome. In a good way. Yeah. You know, we had, everybody had a great time. It was super safe. You know, some of the places you go to, you're always worried about like gr- drug cartel. Or, well, sure. Oh well, yeah. You know, bad people. You hear, you know, I mean, you, people remember those people stories. Remember they those stick stories. with them and, and they stick in your mind. You know, I've seen it where, you know, Drugs wash up on shore. People are looking for them in other countries. And that's always, it brings a criminal element into it. There was none of that with Cuba. And it was the safest, most innocent place I've ever been. And I did feel like I was in the land of Lost Boys. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it was that's really magical. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So innocent. Like, and I felt like a 12 year old kid again, like rediscovering why I truly love fishing. I mean, and, that's something we all, yeah. I mean, search for. I mean, I mean, that's, the hope of spring in Michigan, that's, you know, the blind cast to that good looking riffle or, I mean, right. that's why we all get, we want to feel like kids again. I think that's, that's such a big part of what we do. Right. So. And you know, the first day I stopped counting that 17 incredible shots at permit, like Jeez. it was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. The guides worked really hard. They pulled really hard. Um, they adjusted to the skill levels very well. Um, and, you know, it was just a great, great, great experience, um, you know, and, and, and there's a really solid mixed bag there. I mean, you can truly catch tarpon, bonefish, and permit, you know, and every day you could have shots at all of those fish. How did that, I mean, were you, were you asking your guide, hey, I want to chase bonefish today or permit or tarpon or you know, whatever else. So there was some other interesting fish bycatch there as well. Tarpon so wasn't really the focus the focus uh, because of the season. You know, those guys, you know, they charge a little bit more later in the season when the big mi- migratory fish come through. Okay. And, yeah. um, you know, we saw some of the tarpon flats, um, and it reminded me of fishing Belize in, in, those, in those big flats, the deeper water with the weedy bottoms and suspended fish. Um, it was... I mean, so our our main focus was really like when the tide was great for permit, and when the tide wasn't great, it was bonefish. And okay. you know, one of the days we pulled down to this flat, and I'm not kidding you, it was the size of downtown Traverse City, and all you could see were bonefish tails. Oh my gosh! And it was dead calm. It was super warm out, and you know, it was knee deep to ankle deep to like maybe just over the knee deep water. And it was kind of a little bit undulating, but mostly firm sand. And you could just get out and wade and just start fishing and start fishing. And 
They weren't schools. They were like fish, two to three, four fish at a time, heads down, tails up, just working their way to you, and they would fight over the fly when you'd cast it. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, at one point, I just got out thinking we were going to do this for a little bit, so I didn't bring a lot of stuff with me. I just, like, had a little fly box. Sure. I mean, I was throwing stuff that I've carried in my fly box for years that I've never thrown at a bonefish, and they would eat it. You know, like, oh, I've got this that I tied up in, like, 1994. <laughs> and, you know, it's been in my box ever since. Sure. You know, I saw it in, you know, Lefty Crate Saltwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, book back before we had video yep. on how to tie these flies. So it was, it was really fun to um, just to just like catch so many bonefish in a day that you would absolutely lose count. Like after your first fish, we would, you know, some of the days TJ and I were on a, on a riff with a, with a bonefish and we were literally hooking one. One would step off the deck. The next person would get up and we were just doubling up for a span of about two and a half hours. And then you're just like, I have to sit down, (laughs) take a break. You have like, you want to take a break. And then the last hour of the day, it seemed like we'd stop into a channel or whatever. And we kick back, I'd open a beer and we would, you know, catch some snapper, some jacks, something like that. And we caught these, we caught this huge barracuda. Um, and, and Tim, they caught this big Kubera snapper. That's was what like it was. Yeah, I was trying pounds. to remember and that. And I'm thinking like, you know, if we would have weighed it and done all the stuff, it's probably a line class record. I think he looked it up and it was, you know, something along those lines, but then they cooked it up for us and, and made it for dinner. And, they, and, um, you know, just, we had, we had a wonderful time. I mean, it was just, you know, the guides, like I said, were, they were great. Um, and the boats, you know, were in 16 foot super skiffs, uh, dolphin super skiffs with Yamahas. Um, and you know, it was, it was fantastic. The, the the boats, everything about this trip was absolutely unbelievable. So you mentioned flies a little bit and, uh, you know, being able to throw just about whatever. But you also told me when you got back, you know, you the guides have flies, but you're not allowed to use them. Yeah, my You're not even would, allowed to touch them. He wouldn't let me touch them. I did take a couple pictures. But, you know, the crab flies that they recommend for the trip are, you know, bigger, on the bigger size than what the guides were wanting us to use. And that's always the thing, you know. Like, I'm a guide. I know it. Like, clients show up. Like, can I use this? No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> use this. But instead but of, but I mean, me remember, no, I mean, them yeah. getting flies down there. I mean, we right. talked about how hard it is sometimes to get food. How right. far you are from places. I'm sure getting flies, let alone materials, materials. All forget that about finding that. I mean, having a, a full fly box for them is probably just like a bar of gold. I mean, it's they, impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. So, so you have to take. Your own flies. You take your you own stuff. You have to take your own stuff. And, I mean, I think I was in shock. And I should have taken more leaders because they recommend taking a lot of leaders. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go through this many leaders. And I did. Because, oh, wow. you know, it's the, honestly, it's the cheapest part of your trip. But It is. You know, in the in the whole scheme of things, you're you're buying all these fluorocarbon leaders. Well, you get a, a wind knot in one or, you know, you've catch, caught a couple of fish on it. And you're like... I'm not going to lose my next trophy fish, you right. know, my permit on this because I'm too cheap to put a, another leader on. Right. And, and really that's what it boils down to is like that confidence. Sure. Um, all my fish, my, my permit that ate, um, they all came on the Avalon crab. I wish I would have had a little bit smaller one. Maybe some of the smaller flexo crabs would have been better. And I think that strong arm pattern's pretty cool. 
Um, so next year I'm going to tie up different patterns, um, you know, and, and figure it out from there. Sure. But as far as like real equipment, like you could get away truly with an eight weight and a 10 weight down there, uh, for that trip. And a lot of the guys, that's what they had. Okay. Um, I like the nine, uh, for, for permit. I like the nine in the wind. Um, the 10 was more of really windy days, which we had a couple, but the weather was great. We had sun. We had great visibility. We didn't have rain. We didn't have wind. Um, the what was day the temp that we down left, there when you were there? It was in the 70s and 80s. Oh, that's so it perfect. Was perfect weather. It was You're not beautiful. sweating. No, a couple of days it was a little oppressive in the afternoons when the wind would die off. Sure. Um, but you just hop out of the boat, start wading, go yeah, for a cool swim. Off. You cool off, right? Yeah. And um, the, uh, you know, the, the guides were pretty attuned to that. So they would be like, Hey, you guys want to, you know, hop out and do some waiting. Yeah. Let's, let's go do that. Or, you know, we, we'd pop down a bend. Um, and they were the, like I said, the guides were just incredible. Uh, the staff, everything about it. Um, Avalon runs a great, great service down there. Um, they, they run a good program. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you are planning on I returning. Definitely going back. In 2023. 2023. And it sounds like you're taking some folks with you. Yeah, I think it's pretty full right now. Um, but uh, I've got to send some letters out and everybody that sends in their money and, and get the deposits in. So we'll really find out your, how full yeah. it really is. you, you got to put your, some money down. you got to put your money down. That's um, how it is. And, so. the, and the trip's not terribly expensive. So... You know, it's going to be 3800 bucks for next year. That's, you know, six days of fishing, your lodging, open bar. Man, that's um, The only thing steal. on top of that would be your tips for your guides, which unlike other places that I've been to, um, tips for the guides down there, I think they've recommended 150 bucks per person per boat. So that's $300 per guide for the week. We tipped them a little bit extra. They warned us about not tipping too much. Um, but we went over that because I, you know, and I think the guides were happy with that. Um, and then something similar for the hotel staff. Sure. So, um, you know, and, and that's all taken care of, but it, you know, some of the places I've been, it's, it's kind of like tipping in America, you know, um, which isn't bad, but when you consider their economy, Right. It's a lot different, right? Right. So everything, all in all, it's a very, very inexpensive trip. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. You I have mean, to spend you page the through the any of the books anymore, and that's cheap. It I mean, is, really for for what for, for what we, for the experience you guys had, the I amount mean, of fishing time, yeah. and the quality of fishing. That's a crazy amount of time on the water it's a cr- every day. Crazy amount of time. Um, and like I said, the lodging, the the sheets, the beds. Everything, the showers, everything, it was, like, top-notch. Absolutely beautiful. Um, You know, everything's brand new, bright and shiny, right? And um, you can tell they they really take pride in it. They, they, it's very clean. Um, There are no bugs. It's, it, the, the water's good. Everything about it is fantastic. I mean, the only... The only drawback is kind of the, that travel going through Canada and, and sure. you know, having some, some hoops to jump some through. Some hoops to jump through, but gosh, I would jump through 10 times more hoops to do the same thing. That's awesome. Well, if if you are listening to this and maybe interested in getting on a list for 
you know, maybe a spot coming up or in the future, because it sounds like this is something we're going to hopefully continue to do over the next, who knows. I Um, plan on doing Cuba every year as long as I am able. Sure. Yeah. I I would recommend, you know, if you have questions, maybe shoot us an email or if you want to put your name on a wait list or find out more about how you can get on this trip, email us, flyshop at thenorthernangler.com. You know, you can always call us too. That works too. Um, numbers on the on the website there, uh, just thenorthernangler.com. But uh, so one of the most like magical days before we close yeah. is um. So I was over six going into this with my permit, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You had kind of a cool I'm a packing, cool thing happen. Yeah. So <laughs> this is this is like kind of the the for me the coolest part of the story. So um, I'm packing and. I'm going through all my old saltwater stuff. My repping days, I'm finding, like, Mastery Series saltwater lines from, like, <laughs> 1999. Um, and I'm going through stuff, and I found this sage hat that I had when I was a sage rep. And I was wearing it the same day that Lily was born, and I was fishing with Tom Larimer on the Deschutes River after a Sims Sage and Umpqua sales meeting. Um, and we had we had floated... Uh, down from mop and and I'd called home to check on Logan and D and uh, she's like, Oh, I think I'm going into labor. I'm like, no way, you know. <laughs> Tom and I are doing this float. We're gonna float from we're gonna throw float through this Max Canyon. You know, this was twenty years ago, so you know, it was b- before cell phone service it was actually somewhat decent. Well, long story short, she goes into labor and the next morning as we're launching the boat so Tom drives me to Portland, you know, make it to Portland. I'm calling the whole way. He, his speedometer doesn't work. You know, his <laughs> uh, his license tabs had expired. Like, oh. he's not leaving mopping. Like, it's he's a, a fishing typical guide. thing. He's a fishing guide, right? <laughs> We're all fishing bums. And so, uh, you know, I finally get a hold of Southwest Airlines, and they get me on a plane back, you know, and, and uh, make it into Traverse City just in time to give her her first bath. Well, you know, I kind of have this grip and grin picture of Lily, and I'm wearing my umqua, <laughs> like this umqua Hawaiian shirt, and this sage hat, That's right? Perfect. And I kind of had put it away, like as a special hat. Yeah. I I dug it out, and I had that hat on, and I had a rod that Ben had gotten me for our sage rep uh, for my birthday, a nine weight that was inscribed for my fiftieth birthday, and then a very special reel that I had with the Grateful Dead fiftieth. Uh, you had everything lined so up for this. It was like all up, your right? good karma you were wearing karma. and holding your hand. And That's pretty I cool. I finally got my, you know, first permit, and then I got my Grand Slam that day, and it was, it you know, the so I was so happy, right? And the I'm I'm high fiving the guide, and I gave him my sight lines, you know, permit bracelet at the end of the day, but I I was so overwhelmed, I started bawling, like. Truly, and so they were making fun of me. Oh, no. <laughs> like when I got back to the lodge, they're like, oh, oh I no. heard you cried. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I cried with joy, man. Yeah. Like, But it was so overwhelming because all of these things, like every symbol that I had with me that day meant so much to me. Yeah. You know, my friendships. Um, yeah, stuff that you carry to remind you of yeah, all the cool stuff right? in your life. I mean, yeah. Like the things they carried, that yep. book. You know, it was like... Uh, that Vietnam era book. Anyway, it was super, super awesome. And, uh, you know, what a special time, you know? So it, that, that to me just made the trip. And, um, it was, 
it was all downhill from there, and that was that was only like the third day. <laughs> so <laughs> everything know, from there is gravy. Everything huh? from there was gravy, and it was it was truly gravy before that because I had had so many shots. I was so satisfied that I had actually made good shots, and I had eats and stuff before that. But you know, the winds you know, have slack. There's a million things that go wrong when you're trying to catch a permit. Everything's exposed when you're trying to catch a permit. Yep. yep. And, and the funny thing is, so Tim's coming back. They were out waiting for bonefish, and they see this permit. His was like 20 pounds, and they wrapped around the anchor leg. Oh, no. He throws a bonefish fly at it, and they still land it. it was what? Like, <laughs> yeah, the picture of Tim with that permit, so <laughs> that uh, permit is just priceless. So everything went wrong, and it's still... Everything <laughs> re- went wrong, but it all went right, right? Yeah. And so, and that's the thing, you know, we... we I think everybody came away with that trip, um, you know, just with this extreme amount of growth and gratitude. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we're Americans and we don't live in a communist country. And I'm happy for, for you know, places like this that are unspoiled and untouched by American That's rare and greed. Anymore, yeah. And it is. Um, so it, it truly was like the land of the lost boys. And I can't wait to be Peter Pan again next year <laughs> and host a trip. That's awesome. Well, like I said, if anyone is interested in learning more about Cuba next year or in the future, shoot us an email. Uh, I definitely uh, forgot to introduce myself, Matt Hartman, your host here. And with me, of course, Peter Pan himself, Brian Pitzer, our owner at the Northern Angler. One thing to check out, you may have heard of this new sage rod that just launched. So the R8. R8 core is now live finally we've done all this build up whisperings rumors you know teasing it's here you should come cast it we're even doing a demo day with our sage reddington rio farbank everything rep ben hunting coming up in may that'll be on the event calendar worth coming and seeing us and casting all the new toys so you can get the most of your time on the water That's it for us today, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Spooled, the Northern Angler podcast. Stay tuned for next time. We'll see you in the shop or out on the water.